Hello there and welcome to the Bitcoin Takeover Podcast. I am Vlad and today I'm joined by Yago. We are at La Bitconf, which is the Lollapalooza Bitcoin conferences, a huge event with thousands of participants from all around Latin America. And I met one of the core contributors of Sovereign. And today we're going to talk about what Sovereign is, what it does, what Rootstock is, and that's a sidechain for Bitcoin, and why some people choose to build on Rootstock as opposed to something else like Ethereum or whatever is perceived to have more liquidity. So let, let's start with you, Yago. What, why do you like Bitcoin so much that you decided to build on a layer of Bitcoin? Those are two very different questions. Uh, there's a lot of reasons that I like Bitcoin. Basically, I see Bitcoin as the next step for humankind after democracy, right? So the original 51% attack is democracy. Uh, and, and the problem is like democracy is kind of like proof of stake, right? The majority get to tell the minority what to do. Whereas Bitcoin is different. In Bitcoin, people voluntarily opt into a set of rules and those rules do not change and they cannot be attacked by the majority. Um, and so when I'm looking to build, I'm looking to build things that are going to be reliable into the future. Things that, you know, we have low type reference. I'm looking to build things that my children, my grandchildren, and their children will all be able to use. And so for that, we need to build on the most reliable system. And I, I call Bitcoin permaware. Because software, it's not software. Software is something that we're used to constantly upgrading. You constantly have to click on update here. You have to sign it, right? And it's not hardware. It's something new. It's something different. It's permaware. Uh, and right now, Bitcoin is the only permaware we have. That's definitely an interesting way to look at it because you're describing being Bitcoin as some sort of constitutional republic where you have this constitution which is hard to change and then you have maybe something else added on top but the core of it means that a majority cannot overturn the principles of that constitution. It's certainly interesting. I have a background in political science so that's why I went this far with the comparison. But let's go back to Rootstock, RSK. As far as I know, it came out about seven years ago. And it was introduced as this place where Ethereum smart contracts can be ported one-to-one -to, -one to Bitcoin. It's sort of like a safety net in case of Ethereum fails. All of these contracts can come home to Bitcoin. Why do you see potential in this? Because it seems like the market so far does not follow this philosophy. All right, well... First of all, I don't see Rootstock as an insurance policy for Ethereum. I see Ethereum as a testnet for Bitcoin and a testnet for what Bitcoin can be in terms of right now with Bitcoin, you have a lot of self-sovereignty if you're just holding your Bitcoin and maybe if you want to just send it to someone else. But it's very limited because anything else you want to do with Bitcoin, you need to go through some middleman you're dependent on somebody else someone else's rules you're not dependent on bitcoin rules anymore and so you're not even really using bitcoin so for us to benefit fully from bitcoin to secure bitcoin more and to achieve everything that bitcoin can achieve 
We need to be able to use Bitcoin without going through intermediaries. Rootstock is the closest platform we have right now, which allows us to do that. So, two things. First of all, you say the market doesn't uh, seem to want this. That's not true. Uh, the wider market of speculation, which is you know most of crypto, it's true that it hasn't gravitated towards rootstock, but. Sovereign alone, as a protocol built on Rootstock, has done over $2 billion in trades, half a billion dollars in lending, has tens of thousands of users. So it's a niche market, but there's definitely a market. Now, in terms of the philosophy of Sovereign, what Sovereign wants to do is it wants to uh, build a world on Bitcoin. And, and there's basically three phases to this plan. Phase one is build a financial operating system that you can use with BTC. Right now we're doing that on Rootstock. And that's an incremental step forward. That's why it's phase one. But it's not good enough. Because Rootstock is not fully it doesn't have the same level of security as Bitcoin. And the Bitcoin transactions that you do are not fully trustless. So the next phase is the Bitcoin OS phase, turning Bitcoin into an operating system itself, allowing you to trustlessly build anything like financial tools on Bitcoin, trustlessly use your Bitcoin and secure this with the same level of consensus security that Bitcoin provides. The third phase is basically building a world on that operating system, building a world on Bitcoin, at which point our goal is to do what basically you were saying earlier on. Think of Bitcoin as a constitutional republic and allow as many people to actually become citizens of that republic as possible. Have a circular economy within that republic. Think about Bitcoin as a jurisdiction. Replace services that we usually think of being provided by large corporations or governments. Have them provided in a rule-based way governed by Bitcoin. Now that's a vision which is much too abstract for most people now because it's far from where we are now. And so that is another reason to do these things incrementally. So Rootstock is like a proof of concept for where we're going. And it's being built here in Argentina. It's a very important mention to make that it seems to have quite a popularity on the local scene. And speaking of Argentina, I have to mention at this part in the interview that I must thank CryptoSteel and Wasabi Wallet for paying for my plane ticket to get here because otherwise this interview could not have been possible. So thank you guys. And now let's get back to Sovereign. Sovereign is spelled as S-O-V-R-Y-N, if I'm not mistaken. What is Sovereign and why should people consider it? So Sovereign is uh, a project trying to do the three things that I was talking about. First, create a financial operating system in which you can use your Bitcoin without relying on any intermediaries. So right now we have the ability to do swaps and trades, margin trades, borrow and lend, earn yield, earn Bitcoin, and Bitcoin-backed stablecoins within the system. And so that's been built over the course of about two and a half years by a, a very dedicated team of contributors, fully open source. There's no company here. This is, this is a fully open source project. Um, uh, and for us, as part of that three-phase plan, 
by, by building that, first of all, we built the community. We built the user base. Uh, we established um, the, 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 the key applications that we wanted and we learned a great deal by iterating. We failed on many, many things and many things haven't gained traction. Many things have been improved. And so using all of that traction, now we're turning to building roll-ups on Bitcoin, effectively building cryptographic techniques to have uh, scalable transactions which are rolled up, bundled up together and turned into Bitcoin transactions. So they have exactly the same level of security as Bitcoin. And at the same time, allowing uh, Bitcoin to be used trustlessly with those things. That does, that's going to be the next few years of the project. And that's going to open up a massive space uh, for developers to develop software, but also for entrepreneurs or um, social entrepreneurs to start thinking about new kinds of services or new kinds of ways of creating community or institutions that can be built uh, in a post-democratic world and like what happens after democracy. And so sovereign itself is brought together by its own governance system, which is secured by Bitcoin, which we call bitocracy. Because once a rule is passed, it's constitutionally written into code secured by Bitcoin. Um, and that's, I think, a major step forward. Uh, and so really anyone who uses Sovereign and, and, and is participating in Petocracy is effectively a citizen of Sovereign. And so the last thing I'll say is, you know, the reason we, we call it Sovereign is because it used to be, and it still is the case today, that the people who get to make the rules, the kings, the governments, they're called sovereigns. That's what the word means, right? Sovereign means uh, the highest authority, the one that creates the rules. And uh, we want to create a world where instead of having sovereigns, S-O-V-R-E-I-G-N-H, right? We have sovereigns, S-O-V-R-Y-N. Those are individuals who are directly in control of their fate uh, and their area, their sphere of sovereignty is themselves. Wasabi Wallet is unfairly private. It's the most advanced, most used Bitcoin privacy wallet with a half a million downloads across Windows, Mac OS, and Linux, as well as thousands of fresh and new Bitcoins getting mixed every month. Wasabi makes use of the new generation Wabisabi engineer to create mega coin joints, thus mixing your Bitcoins with those of hundreds of other users. For amounts lower than 0.01 BTC and remixes, you pay no coordination fee. If you don't use your coin joints, Wasabi Wallet has a native tar integration and downloads block filters to help you keep your network level and public key privacy. Downloads Wasabi Wallet for free today at wasabiwallet.io and experience the future of Bitcoin privacy. That's certainly interesting, but in the way that I perceive Sovereign right now, it's more like a lending service, if I'm not mistaken, where you put your money, you lock it, and you get collateral or something. Well, lending and borrowing is one of the things that you can do with Sovereign. So you can uh, you can borrow against your Bitcoin. So you can borrow dollars. You can borrow Bitcoin. Uh, you can uh, lever up your Bitcoin. So if you think Bitcoin's going up, 
you can, you know, and you're like me, you don't have any fiat, right? But you still want to take a bet on Bitcoin. You can actually lever up your existing stack and you can earn Bitcoin. There's also trading. There's also sort of like a launch pad for projects. Um, there's a lot of different components that have been built out. It's actually trade. Uh, and, and right now, Bitcoin-backed stablecoins are larger. They're, they're more, they're, in terms of sort of the activity, they're more significant than the lending. Although I mostly use the borrowing and lending. I, I mostly use Sovereign myself to borrow against Bitcoin so that I never have to sell Bitcoin. So there's always this question, right? Where does the yield come from as you're borrowing your Bitcoin? There's definitely a premium, so you're basically lending it at a lower price than the market, or you can put it in some sort of contract where you earn yield, right? So where does it come from? Who is the counterparty? I'm where the yield comes from. When I borrow against my Bitcoin, I pay interest to people who are lending to me. And so um, right now I'm paying about 8% to borrow dollars against my Bitcoin. And those dollars are, you know, stable coins. I don't, I don't touch fiat. Um, so I, I'm, I, you know, I'm where the yield comes from. If you're lending and earning, uh, and using sovereign as a savings platform to earn yield, you're take, taking money from me. There's always this question when you deal with stable coins. You have them in a digital wallet, right? But what happens next? You can't go to the grocery store and pay with that. You need to access some sort of ATM or something, or do a peer-to-peer -peer swap. Yes and no. So, uh, you know, you there are more and more wallets which will allow you to, you know, load up a credit card or just tap to pay with stable coins. In the back end, there is a conversion event that is happening, but uh, it doesn't have to be peer-to-peer. Whenever you're using the fiat ramps, off ramps, right? You're going back into fiat, but for you, it's an instantaneous thing. So you, you hold your funds in Bitcoin or Bitcoin-backed stablecoins. And if you use one of these services, when you make the payments, they receive fiat, but you're actually never really touching fiat. CryptoSteel offers a durable, physical backup for cryptocurrency key and recovery words. These user-friendly cold storage devices withstand harsh conditions, including fires, floods, and earthquakes. Made from the finest European stainless steel, they are built to last. Accessible to all and requiring no computer skills, the original CryptoSteel cassette and capsule have been innovating Bitcoin security since 2013. They provide a reliable and robust backup, essential for the safety and longevity of your digital investments. Ideal for protecting your digital wealth. CryptoSteel isn't just a one-trick pony. Of course, it works with your BEEP39 seed phrase, but you can also use it for important passwords, Bitcoin core passphrases, Nostra private keys, and much more. Buy your CryptoSteel metal backup today from CryptoSteel.com and use promo code BTCTKVR to get a 10% discount. CryptoSteel, secure your Bitcoin like an OG. Yeah, I think that's a very important mention to make. So how does it work in terms of user experience? Is it difficult to perform this task? I know that most people are sort of afraid of these services and they think that 
since they're not going to have their coin secured by the Bitcoin network and they're putting it on some other protocol, there's risk of this popular phrase which was coined sometime in 2020, that of being rug pulled. What's the risk situation with Sovereign? Well, there's definitely risk. It's the, one of the first things that I said when we were talking now was that you don't have the same level of security as Bitcoin. And it's for two reasons. First of all, Bitcoin consensus rules, right? Bitcoin proof of work is the most secure system and we're merge mined with Bitcoin, but we don't have 100% merge mining. It's not the same security. The second is that right now you need to, to use your Bitcoin, you're going through uh, PowPeg, which is um, effectively a multi-sig with SPP proofs and a federation. Again, uh, not as secure as, as as just transferring Bitcoin on main chain. How secure is it? It's extremely secure. Uh, no one's ever lost funds. Uh, PowPeg has never been hacked. Uh, there's never been, uh, you know, a censored transaction. Um, but theoretically, and you know, maybe one day in practice, there is is a lower level of security. So the question is, what are you comparing it to, right? If you're comparing it to Bitcoin mainchain, you're getting less security. But if you're comparing it to anything else, you're getting way more. For example, with Sovereign, there is no possibility of a rug pull. And the reason there's no possibility of a rug pull is because there's no multi-sig or... Uh, 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 you know, group of people who can withdraw the funds from Sovereign. It's a decentralized protocol, uh, completely controlled by what we call Bitocracy, which is, you know, ten over ten thousand participants uh, who are participating in the governance. It's a highly decentralized system. Uh, so, rug pulls do exist. It's like a problem in crypto. It's a problem like in the Ethereum world. But because we've built from a Bitcoin perspective of we want to achieve the highest possible, currently possible level of security, Sovereign is just built different. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting comparison to make because it's not as secure as the Bitcoin network itself, but it's more secure than pretty much everything else that is not on Bitcoin. So I was going to ask you about the stable coins themselves because you were, once you lock your Bitcoin into this contract where you get maybe 80% of the Bitcoin's fiat value according to some price oracle, you're going to receive these stable coins. But which stable coins are they and who issues them? Um, so the primary stable coin in Sovereign uh, and over time where the system is basically turning it into the only stablecoin in Sovereign. It's a Bitcoin-backed stablecoin called the Sovereign Dollar. And what makes a Sovereign Dollar Bitcoin-backed is that it's backed by significant, like well over, well over collateralized by Bitcoin. And, and this is the most important part, you can always redeem $1 of a Sovereign Dollar for $1 of Bitcoin. So you always have a, the, the Bitcoin value it's not uh, algorithmic, it's not uh, central custodian, it's not you know, some kind of crypto game. It's just the peg uh, 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 works because you can always convert $1 to $1 worth of Bitcoin. And that is the only way it could ever actually work long term. The issue with the sovereign dollar 
is that it is still quite small. There's only about 10 million sovereign dollars in circulation. And so people who use the sovereign dollar to pay for something, usually they will convert it into another stablecoin like USDT, for example, or USDC. We don't uh, allow, we're, we're over time, we're basically, the, the, the protocol is self-governing and we're um, uh, uh, developing tools to make sure that USDT and USDC are never actually allowed in sovereign. And the reason is you want to avoid systemic risk. You don't want those stablecoins which have counterparty risk to be in a system which doesn't have counterparty risk because then they would introduce, they would infect the system with counterparty risk. But there is a uh, project that's built around the sovereign ecosystem called Babelfish, and it basically has a pool of stablecoins and will pay people to provide liquidity in USDC or USDT uh, by providing an exchange, which allows people to convert from sovereign dollar into USDT or vice versa. Recently, I did an interview with some guys from the Czech Republic who have built a protocol that's called Firefish. And it's basically a system that allows you to do what Sovereign does, but on the main chain with a free of free multi-sig. So basically, everyone must sign the transaction in order for the funds to get released either way. So does... What, what do they do? They, they do what? Like, what does it allow you to do? You can borrow your coins and you, you receive actually not stable coins, but fiat in your bank account. And you have this price oracle and you also have this payments oracle, which deals with the bank. And I guess it's not trustless, but there's that multi-sig that prevents parties from scamming each other. And it's on the main chain. And I was going to ask you if Sovereign has any sort of multi-sig or what kind of scripting language ensures that the money is not going to get released to the wrong party via fraud. Yeah, so Sovereign doesn't have a multi-sig. And the way Sovereign works is there's a pool, a smart contract, which contains funds. So people who want to lend can deposit the funds into the smart contract. And people who want to borrow, deposit collateral and borrow against that. And they can see whatever the interest rate is. The interest rate is algorithmically created by whatever the clearing rate is. So it provides a market rate for the interest rate. Um, in terms of the scripting language, so the advantage of building on Rootstock is that the, 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 uh, the virtual machine that we're able to use is the EBM. And so we're able to use uh, you know, a highly expressive, uh, you know, we're able to write in Solidity. We're able to use a large number of tools built for securing Solidity type contracts. Uh, we have a significant framework around that. And the advantage to of this versus a, a multi-sig, a multi-sig has, has a couple of disadvantages. One is it's very slow. So you have to get everyone to sign. There's a large number of Bitcoin transactions involved. For lending, that's less of a problem. For lending, what's more of a problem is two things. First of all, because there isn't a, a pool, you need to go out each time and find counterparties with whom you're going to sign. And your funds are going to get locked up until the whole thing is negotiated. Negotiating with specific partners is much more difficult than negotiating with algorithmically with a pool of ready available capital. The other problem with, uh, with multi-sig systems of this kind is uh, censorship attacks. So if someone withholds transactions, 
or withhold signing, uh, they can effectively lock up or hold your funds ransom. And so those are, they can censor transactions. Sadochip provides open source solutions based on SmartCard to assist you in your crypto journey. The hardware wallet lets you safely store your private keys within the tamper-proof chip memory, while Sado Dime allows you to create a barrier cold storage in two clicks thanks to its mobile app. And SeedKeeper is the ultimate hardware device to store and manage your seed phrases. Become self-custody with Sadochip. Your keys, your coins. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, it's a much easier scripting language that lots of Bitcoiners use. But on the other hand, you're saying that it's not as expressive and it doesn't have all of these conditions that can be written for the purpose of preventing these lockups that are arbitrary. You can have a counterparty that simply does not think that you fulfilled your part, even if you did. And then that, that other key holder agrees with you, but you need the acceptance of the third party to have the funds, you know, released. So that, that makes sense. You're assuming good faith on all sides when you're doing this. So the question that I want to ask you right now is how can someone get started with Sovereign? I guess to a lot of listeners right now, this is a new concept and they don't know what, what do you have to do. Do you have to run a node? Do you have to run a certain piece of software? Where is it available? On which platforms? How hard is it to set up? If you go to Sovereign.com, you can read about Sovereign. And that will provide a lot of information. If you go to Sovereign, S-O-V-R-Y-N.app, what will happen is you'll have a, um, a website will come up. And what is actually happening is that that website is, is being cached client-side. So now it's on your computer. Uh, and so you you don't have to like actively download anything, but you have you've downloaded a system which allows you to interact with the smart contracts. And then um, there's a pretty easy flow. You just like click uh, to 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 fund uh, your your wallet. Um, you you'll be asked like, do you want to use a hardware wallet? Do you want to move whatever wallet you're using, or maybe you download a new wallet. Um, you you transfer your Bitcoin into the system and now you can borrow, you can lend. It's, uh, it takes, you know, one Bitcoin confirmation basically to, to get your Bitcoin in. So it's pretty self-explanatory. So is the user interface simple for everyone to use or does it need any kind of technical knowledge or understanding of what's going on? Yeah, a lot of the work has been done around the user interface. I think it's improved a lot. It's still not perfect and maybe not as easy as uh, Binance. But it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, you know, my mother uses it. That's a strong statement. When you say my mother uses it, you're issuing a challenge to everyone listening. They're going to be like, oh, so I'm making an assumption here. Your mother is probably older than 65. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to think, oh, so am I less technically capable than a 65-year-old? Well, my mother had some help. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I don't... I, it, you know, people can find me on Twitter and tell me what their experience was, and if they found it complicated, we can try and improve it. But I think it's gotten pretty good. Yeah. What are the the upcoming use cases that you're going to add to Sovereign? 
Right now, we're less focused on adding new use cases and more about refining the existing use cases, refining the UI, uh, um, uh, improving, you know, uh, tweaking the system to improve liquidity, things like that, as well as building out the new the new infrastructure that we think is the future, which is ro the rollups to Bitcoin that I was talking about. So. Um, a lot of infrastructure has been built out. There's quite a lot for us to maintain already. Uh, and for the next few months, our focus as a community, now that somebody might come and develop something, there's, there's a team who are working on building uh, a, a, a component for Sovereign which would allow you to borrow against ordinals. Um, there's other teams who are working to provide better on-ramps and off-ramps for Sovereign Dollar. So there probably will be continued uh, feature improvement, but by and large, as a the, the, the developer community is right now focused on uh, enhancements and on infrastructure. You know, that's admirable. You know, this industry is filled with roadmaps and promises about what's coming, and instead of promising some new features, you're focusing on refining the ones that you already have. I mean. I guess we need much more of that as opposed to promises about something that's coming and is very far in the future. So let me think about other questions. How can people follow the project and see what's happening, maybe contribute to the project? Do you need developers or reviewers of the code? Yeah, so definitely developers, reviewers, people who want to take initiative and um, build, like, like do entrepreneurial activity, start like their own projects built on Sovereign or their own companies should definitely reach out to me. Um, so I'm like uh, Idan, E-D-A-N, Yago, Y-A-G-O on Twitter. Sovereign on Twitter is a good way to follow it. The best thing to do is to get into the Telegram or the Discord and just dive in. And if you're a developer, you can go to the, to, to the GitHub, which you can just find on the website. You mentioned your personal Twitter account. Is there any other way that people can contact you and ask you questions about Sovereign? Uh, I yeah I mean I'm in the sovereign discord I'm in uh, the, uh, sovereign telegram channels um, I, uh, I I don't know what I, you could try and dox me and figure out where I live and knock on my door <laughs> but yeah I mean if you w w any way you try and reach out I think I'm most sort of newbies or uh, you know people who are just exploring things tend to DM me on Twitter Okay, that's a very good approach. So guys, check out Sovereign. Do you have a mobile app or something that they can download or is it only on desktop? There is someone who's developed a mobile app but it's very raw right now. And there are some mobile wallets that have been integrating Sovereign. So for example, Exodus is partially already integrated with Sovereign. Uh, actually, it's a pretty good way to get started is to, is to use Exodus. And by the way, Exodus, great wallet for uh, for people who are getting started in Bitcoin. But is that not custodial? No, it's a fully non-custodial wallet. Okay, maybe I'm thinking about the wrong one. I think you said a lot of words that are going to trigger some of the listeners from Exodus and Yield and, I don't know, stuff that is not usually associated with the Bitcoin orthodoxy. But this is built on I'm roots... I'm definitely not part of the Bitcoin orthodoxy. I was in Bitcoin before the orthodoxy got created and I'm going to be here after it dies. 
Bitcoin orthodoxy, like this whole laser eye, maxi, the only thing you should do with Bitcoin is hodl it, is insane in my eyes. There's no way that we turn Bitcoin into a currency without building an economy around it. There's no such thing as an economy with just one asset. Maybe that's a religion, maybe you have just one god, but I'm not in Bitcoin for the religion. I'm, I'm in Bitcoin for social change, for hard money, for sound finance, and for uh, you know unchangeable rules. And all of those things require development. They require people to be able to earn, uh, invest, uh, you know, and create with their Bitcoin. So, um, you know, I think the orthodoxy is already dying. And if I trigger people, good. You should try something new. We need to get out of this idea that Bitcoin is digital gold. It's not. It's so much more than that. I agree with that. And there's a reason why I call it orthodoxy as opposed to maximalism. Because the old definition of maximalism has always been about maximizing or maximizing Bitcoin getting as many use cases integrated into it. And that article from 2015 or something by Vitalik is actually a response to a Reddit post where someone said that they're going to build the smart contracts from Ethereum on top of Counterparty, which is another Bitcoin layer that is not as popular these days. So that was the mentality at the time. But it, I, I don't need, know exactly when, maybe 2018, 2019, it started turning into conservatism and the idea that any attempt to build something or to change Bitcoin is a scam, but at the same time, everything that is not Bitcoin is a scam. But it doesn't scale. It doesn't provide goods and services that people want. And I know that we said stable coins a lot of times during this episode, but I had an interesting experience here in Argentina, realizing that I came with a fully loaded Lightning wallet being ready to make payments. And I realized that I can't really do anything with it. But you can use uh, Tether everywhere. And it's the worst kind of Tether. It's Tether on Tron is accepted here everywhere. And I think that is a major fuck up by us, by the Bitcoin community, that we have a whole country which really, really needs Bitcoin, really, really needs sound money and sound finance, and they're using Tether on Tron. That's our mistake, not theirs. Hello, Bitcoin Takeover listeners. This is Victor from IVPN. We could have produced the flashy ad with lofty claims, but we like the straightforward approach, so I'll just uh, stick to the basics here. How are we different from other VPN providers? iVPN is run by Bitcoiners. We've been accepting Bitcoin since before the block size wars, now using BTC Pay Server, and also accept Lightning payments. We also aim for radical transparency supported by open source software, regular audits, and a transparent team. And finally, there's absolutely no KYC with iVPN, we don't ask for an email or any other personal information when you sign up. If you would like to test our service, send an email to trial at ivpn.net to receive a 30-day IVPN Pro voucher. Hello, I'm Vlad and I have been a user of IVPN Pro for longer than one year. What I like the most about it is being able to use seven devices at the same time and using the multi-hop feature to connect to two different servers of my choosing at the same time. Also, your account consists of a randomly generated string of letters and numbers, which are not linked to your email address, bank account, or real life identity. You top it up with a lightning payment and you get instant confirmation at low fees. Definitely get your 30-day IVPN Pro trial by sending an email to trial at ivpn.net.
Make sure you use a burner email address that you probably already have for trolling. Yeah, I, I think there's a worse way to use Tether, probably on a custodial exchange, but I very much agree with you. Like if they're not, it's like if you ask them how to pay, they either want Binance right or they want tron so you know tron is the best case scenario that's that's how how unfortunate the situation is um we need to build things like bitcoin backed stablecoins because that's how bitcoin becomes money right i mean if you think about when people talk about digital gold nobody was moving gold and, and going to the store and paying with gold they were paying with dollars what made gold a reserve currency was that it was the reserve four dollars that the, the dollar was backed by gold if we want bitcoin to even just be digital gold right then it needs the dollars and and that's dollars that we create the stable coin like the sovereign dollar is backed by bitcoin that's how we we get it into the hands of a billion people who would prefer to use it over their local currency of pesos or naira or Zimbabwe dollars or whatever. I very much appreciate your input. This was much more than I expected, honestly. You went into depth in some topics. Thank you for your time and I wish you best of luck with Sovereign.